Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our service this morning. Uh, it's the start of the uh, Big Green Week here in the village, so uh, that's our theme. Uh, God of all creation is our theme. And uh, if you're a visitor, a visitor with us, amongst us, you're very welcome indeed. Uh, for those who are visiting, my name is Peter Hubbard, the vicar, and uh, James Heinsen is preaching this morning on that theme of God of creation. And Sue Heinsen is leading us in song. Uh, later on, any children who are amongst us uh, are we going, going to be led by Ian Peake. And there's also a group for secondary aged children, young people, if there are here, uh, being led by Ellie Harper. Uh, Eleanor has asked me to let you know that the latest Street Pastors diary is available. Uh, so uh, they, uh, where is Eleanor? I can't see her. There you are. Uh, they got, oh, you got some there. So do, do see Eleanor, there's some available out the back for you to take. That's wonderful. Um, some sad news to let you know about uh, as well. Um, many of you, I think, know, but Anne Engler passed away early yesterday morning peacefully. Uh, and um, let's, pray for, let's pray for her family. We, let's pray for Karen and David and, and all the family. Let's lift them to the Lord now. Heavenly Father, we pray for uh, Karen and David and all the family as they grieve, as they mourn the passing of Anne. We thank you, Lord, that Anne is now with you and that she sees you face to face. And we thank you for her life. We thank you for her love of you. And we thank you, Lord, for all that she did in her life. And we pray for the family as they grieve her. We pray that you pour, pour upon them your peace, pour upon them your joy, knowing that she is now with you. And so we lift them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So yes, uh, this week is the Big Green Week, and uh, to start us off in thinking about that, there's two introductions to that. Mark's going to talk about it in an overview, and then Jack will talk about eco-church. So much Good morning, everybody. Right, there's a lot going on this week. Um, I've put a couple of timetables out on the foyer tables. You can look out over coffee. And I've put one at the back of church, and I'll move that into the foyer as well. So you can have a quiet look in your own time during coffee after the service. But just to give you a flavour, um, there's litter picking going on. Uh, we've got a nature trail through, through the community woodland and the, the wildlife pond and the century garden um, on, on Tuesday. There's a lovely walk up Lip Hill Country Park on Wednesday with the Country Park Manager, Ed Andrews, who's going to talk about how they manage that land and what they're trying to achieve. There's the Eco Fair at the primary school, Oak Meadow Primary School, on Thursday, 3.30 till 6.30. There's about 14 schools that are going to be there with various things going on. And there's going to be, hopefully, an electric truck, a concrete chuck mixer from Tarmac. So they've got the all operated by electric battery. So kids can have a, a climb over that and a, a look at that. And then we've got letter for tomorrow here in the Christchurch foyer, where you can write a letter to your, yourself or a pet or somebody into the future about what you'd like to think the future might look like um, if, if, we get our, if we get it right with what we've got to do to tackle climate change. And, uh, and then there's another service at the Methodist Church, which closes out the big green week uh, at the end of the week. So please have a look and get involved when you can, where you can. Thank you.
Morning, everybody. Um, hands up if, say, 20 years or so ago, you can remember regularly cleaning the windscreen of your car or the number plate of your car to get the squashed flies off it. Put your hands up. Yeah, most of you. And hands up if in the last two or three months you've cleaned the windscreen of your car or the number plate of your car of squashed flies. Two or three, yeah. That reflects a substantial change in what's happening to our environment. Uh, insects have declined by about 60% in the United Kingdom in the last 20 years. And they're affected by climate change, by pesticides, by water pollution, and by habitat loss. Does it matter? Well, Without insects, we lose many of our birds. Without insects, we lose pollination of our crops. And without pollination of our crops, we lose our food. So yes, it matters. An insect decline is just one example of how changes to our environment are affecting all of us. And I want to remind you that we can all do something about it. We can all do our bit either as individuals or as, in our case, groups, like a church. So Eco Church gives us a framework within which we can examine our, our individual and our joint actions on sustainable living. And Christ Church, as I hope you know, is committed uh, to doing things better to protect God's wonderful creation, because that's at the heart of what we're talking about. We spoke to you a few weeks ago about this, asking if you would fill in a simple questionnaire. Uh, what you do by way of um, your actions on the environment and what you would like the church to do. And we've had about 16 forms returned, not perhaps quite as many as I hoped for, but nevertheless, thank you to those of you who have done so. And we've had some great ideas, some really good material to build on there to look at the ways that we live our lives and the way that the church lives its life environmentally. And we'll be sharing those with you in the weeks to come. So please, if you haven't completed one of those forms, do take one. They're in the foyer at the back. Uh, and fill it in. Children who are here, help your parents to fill it in. You know far more about this than they do. So do uh, take a form, fill it in, and return it to us share your ideas, and maybe you'll help us to uh, reach the Silver Status uh, Award that Eco Church uh, give and that we're aiming to get in the next few months. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Mark. So at the beginning of our time together, we're going to say some opening words, and uh, all being well, that'll be on the screen. There. So let's say these words. Let's say this prayer together. Faithful one, whose word is life, come with saving power to free our praise, inspire our prayer, and shape our lives for the kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So let's stand and sing.
these two songs together. Let's stand now. change in style. We're going to do a children's action song. I'll do the actions at the front. If you want to join me, you're very welcome. But let's sing this song, which is called Nothing's Too Big, Big, Big for His Power.
true as well, isn't it? Nothing's too big for his power, nothing's too small for his care. And so as we sing, we also need to acknowledge that we get things wrong, and we get things wrong with God's world. And so we're going to say some words to say sorry to God for harming his creation, and uh, there'll be words for you to join in with after the end of each part of this confession. So let's just have a moment of quiet before we say or do this before God. Human sin disfigures the whole of creation, which groans with eager longing for God's redemption. We confess our sin in penitence and faith. We confess to you our lack of care for the world you have given us. Lord, have mercy. We confess to you our selfishness in not sharing the earth's bounty fairly. Christ, have mercy. We confess to you our failure to protect resources for others. Lord, have mercy. mercy. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness. And keep you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, the children and uh, young people are going to go out to their groups now. So, uh, Ian and Harriet with the children and Ellie and Debbie with with the young people. Um, Let's pray for them and then we're going to sing a song called I Am a New Creation as they go out. Father, we we bless you. We thank for every young person, every child in our congregation this morning, in our church. We pray you bless them and their leaders as they go now to do what they're doing. Build them up and encourage them and nurture them in their faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I go, let's stand and sing, I am a new creation. Mm-hmm. 
do have a seat, and Joan is going to bring us our Bible in. Thank you, Joan. We're reading two Psalms this morning, so if you want to follow it in your Bible, it's page Psalm 8, 546, and Psalm 19, 552. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens through the praise of children and infants. You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man? that you are mindful of him, human beings, that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a, bride, a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, the honey from the honeycomb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless and innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. James as he comes to speak. 
Father, we uh, lift James to you now. We pray you bless him as he speaks to us from your word. Uh, may you know your joy. And uh, may we listen and obey what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you very much. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, uh, it, it's a, a great pleasure to be here speaking to you this morning, and, and thanks for the opportunity um, to, to kick off Green Week. I, I know all the publicity says I should be in the Methodist Church this morning, um, but I did check that, and, and if you want to hear it again, I'll be there next week um, with, sli with slight amendments. <coughs> um, but first of all, before I start um, my message, I'd just like to say... Um, a huge thank you to all of you who are praying and encouraging me in my role as, as church warden. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of getting right into the job, but, but John Farrow's shoes are quite big ones uh, to fill. Um, <coughs> and, and to be honest, I, I, I don't know, um, you might have seen little children, four or five years old, um, they love dressing up, don't they? Sometimes they dress up and they put on their mum's high heeled shoes and they kind of wobble around and sometimes fall over. Um, well, I feel a little bit like that, not that I wear high heel shoes, um, but I feel a little bit that in terms of kind of wobbling and falling over. So please continue to be patient with me, uh, bear with me um, when I do wobble a little bit. Tell me if I'm doing things right, tell me if I'm doing things wrong, um, so that I, I can serve God, serve the church, and, and encourage. And the second thing is thanks for all of those who filled in questionnaires for the Green Week. I know Jack's uh, mentioned that. There are some lovely ideas there, um, <clears throat> and hopefully next week there'll be a display of some of those ideas. I, I'm not quite sure whether to make soup from vegetable peelings. Somebody might tell me whether that would work or not, um, but somebody, somebody in the, in the fellowship is going to try that. Um, but there are lots of other <coughs> ideas as well, so um, thank you for your patience there. Um, these two psalms, um, we're going to look at. We're not going to look at them all, obviously, but we're going to look at um, the creation aspects of these psalms and our responsibility um, towards creation, um, our great creator God. So part of the sermon, part of the message is going to be about God and creation directly. But then one kind of new idea that came to me, new kind of, new, new kind of thoughts about God's word came to me, um, partly through our home group discussion last week on, on Peter's sermon um, on, on Isaiah, that, <clears throat> and I hope I can explain this properly, is that knowing that God created the earth should encourage us to care for it, but knowing that we have a creator God also supports us and encourages us and gives us strength in other areas of our Christian lives as well. Um, we have this great creator God, and that isn't, we don't just have to respond to that through caring for creation, we respond to that through all, a, a lot of different other aspects of our spiritual lives as well, as, as I hope uh, to make, make clear. In other words, creation care and knowing about our creator God is not just in a box labelled kind of eco-church, it kind of spreads throughout our whole lives. It's not something that we get out once a year, say, on, on Green Week and dust it off and think, yeah, I'd better be better um, be, you know, in, in caring for creation. It's something that should go through our whole lives and affect lots of different areas of our spiritual lives as well. Now, 
maybe that wasn't as clear as I wanted it to be, but hopefully in the second part of the sermon uh, <coughs> it, it will be. So the first thing, um, and some of this might be a repeat from last time I spoke here, but I'm basing uh, an assumption that you might have forgotten what I said last time, so this might appear as, as being, being new anyway. Um, sometimes we just need to sit back, don't we, and reflect on the amazing creation that God has, has created. Um, we're told in Genesis that all creation is, is, is very good. Not very good in the kind of Ofsted sense, but, but perfect, outstanding. Um, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, we, we read, don't we, that, um, and I'm going to get my psalms muddled up here, uh, we read that uh, creation is the work of God's fingers, you know, like, like a, a potter moulding clay. Um, there's some wonderful poetry in these psalms. Um, God has set the moon and stars in place. They're not there by accident, but he has set them in the place he wants them to be. And when I believe David is talking about um, the moon, the stars, the heavens, he's kind of encompassing the whole of creation. He's talking about the whole of creation. And all creation is amazing because it has been created by God. And we're learning new things all the time <coughs> about um, uh, the creation that God has, has made, when the work of his fingers. Um, I was at the Hay on My Book Festival uh, a few weeks ago during half term, and I went to a wonderful talk on seaweed. Um, and and um, I'm not going to read any of the book because it, it might seem a bit kind of quirky, but we're always discovering new things about God's world, and people are working a lot on how seaweed can maybe replace soya as a, as a, as a food for cattle, which would reduce methane emissions, reduce deforestation in the Amazon, and all sorts of things. God is constantly revealing through scientists things about his creation that are absolutely amazing. So if God, this powerful God, has created um, all that we see around us, then surely we should look after it. Surely we should care for it. How can we even think about damaging the creation God has made? Um, in, in our introductory statements, the, the prayers of repentance, we all collectively repented for the damage we're doing to God's creation. And, and we should take that with us and think, how can we do better? Then secondly, the second thing is creation tells people about God. And there's so much in Psalm, Psalm 19 about that. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And day after day they pour forth speech, night after night um, they reveal knowledge. So we're told in, in this part of the psalm, David's uh, Psalm 19, that if we look at his creation, if we, if we kind of consider our creation, whether that be the heavens, whether it be um, walking through a, a beautiful woodland, whether it be walking on the hill, wh wherever we are in creation, that is declaring to us that there is a God. There are lots of people who don't believe in God, lots of people who believe that what we see around us has come about through some kind of collection of, of kind of random accidental activities um, through, through evolution. But I, I think when you're walking through creation, or, or even when you're looking at television programs about creation, then you, know, you ask yourself the question, you know, there must be a God behind all this. It's so amazing um, that it can't have just happened randomly 
by accident. There's this new program on BBC, isn't there, where they put television cameras in kind of fake sea animals walking around the seafloor. And, and you look at that, and you think, that, that's just so amazing. There must be a, a God behind this. And this is one purpose of creation, is that um, creation is revealed to everyone. Psalm 19 says this voice goes out into all the earth. Um, all the earth has the ability to see God's creation and know that there is a God. <coughs> and even to create, even to, to believe in us, it has a lot to say to us as well. Once we know that God has created the earth, um, you know, creation teaches us things about how we should live. One of the biggest things it taught me about 15 years ago, working with actually a non-Christian friend, um, an amazing fact that we, we might, I, I hadn't considered until then was that there is no waste in nature. You think about it, nature doesn't produce any waste. Animals don't produce waste as such. Trees, vegetation doesn't produce waste. Or what we call waste has a purpose in nature. Trees drop their leaves, the leaves decompose, the, the nutrients go back into the tree again. And the whole of nature is, is, is organized around this circle of life, as, as the phrase goes in Lion King. We are the only creatures who are using our intelligence to produce waste. We are the only creatures who design things and make things that we know we're going to throw away. Um, and I think that reflects badly on us. We should be thinking, we, we shouldn't be behaving that way. We should learn from nature and think, how can we organize our lives so that they are waste-free lives? And again, thankfully, God has given us lots of scientists who are kind of working on, on this um, in, in terms of using ideas from nature. Uh, and I could bore you with seaweed again. Seaweed is just one of those areas um, that we could use to kind of get rid of this idea of waste. So we can learn from creation, um, <coughs> but also creation has that purpose of, of revealing God to other people. And then the third thing, is that God has given us work, work to do. Uh, <clears throat> and this is in Psalm 8. Um, Psalm 8, verse 6. God has put everything under our feet. Um, so you, have, you made them, in verse 6, rulers over the works of your hands and put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, fish in the sea, and all that swim in the paths of the sea. God has given us that task to rule and to care for his creation. So it's not an option. It's throughout the word of God that we have to care for creation. It's not that kind of eco box that we just get out and dust once a year and think a bit about recycling more or saving a little more water. It's something that should go through our whole lives as rulers of creation. And that word ruler is an interesting one. I haven't kind of gone into the, the kind of language background of it, but uh, it's not a ruler that exploits, but a ruler that, that cares. God has put us on the earth, yes, to spread his word and to bring people to himself, but also to care for creation. That, that's our job as, as Christians, to, to care for creation around us, as much in the sense as people, I'm sure there are lots of gardeners in, in this room, the allotment lovers, um, you all care for your gardens, you care for your allotments. You wouldn't think of damaging them at all. Yeah, you might prune stuff and dig stuff up, but that's only to kind of recreate. And 
when I was thinking about this responsibility, I thought about Dave and Marion next door, because when they go away, they sometimes ask us to look after their garden. They don't ask me, they ask Sue. Um, and, and, you know, Sue takes that responsibility hugely seriously. Um, you know, I'm only allowed to pick Dave and Marion's strawberries if, if they said, yes, you can pick the strawberries if they're in season. She really does a, jo a great job, more carefully than kind of our garden in a way. And that's how it should be. God has given us that role. role. We should be looking after the creation as much as God uh, would look after the creation. He has given us uh, that work uh, to do. And as I said, it, it says you have made them, all of them. Um, that, that's all of us have that responsibility, not, not just a kind of special few, not just the ecologists or the eco-church leaders or whatever. So those three things. God has created an amazing creation, um, <coughs> and we should be kind of praising him. Creation tells us all about God, um, especially those who haven't heard and those who at the moment don't have a chance of hearing. And then we can all kind of, we all have that responsibility to look after creation. But then what interests me especially is the psalmist uses this, these ideas of creation, the greatness of God through creation, to think about other things. And, and Psalm 8 is, is one of those other things. Verse 4, well I'll, I'll, I'll start from verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? So you have this amazing creator God who is mindful of us, he knows about us, and he cares for us. And that thought came to David from his reflection on creation. So he wasn't just thinking about creation and his rulership over creation, but he was thinking, yeah, wow, this God knows us. Now, I, I don't know everybody here <coughs> um, this morning, um, or your relationship to God. But if you're not a Christian, God knows you. He cares for you. Um, he wants you to know him as well. And, and as Christians also, you know, it's great that this amazing God knows us and, and cares for us. And, and Peter's message, I, I think, last week, I'm sorry I didn't read it all, Peter, but I did read the Isaiah passage. Um, you know, again, Isaiah was inspired by creation, to, to get us to think about kind of our, our Christian lives. So, you know, he says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? This is verse 26 of chapter 40. Um, he who brings out the starry hosts, and he talks about God and, and creation. And then he says, why do you complain, Jacob? In other words, look at this creator, powerful God. So why are you complaining? What right have you got to complain against me? Um, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of all the ends of the earth. He's mixing in this creator God with kind of encouraging people um, who are tired and weary. God doesn't grow tired and weary. He will give strength to us if we're tired and weary. The creator God doesn't get tired. Um, he will give us that, that strength uh, to, <coughs> to live through our tiredness and weariness. Even youth grow tired and weary, young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So these thoughts of Isaiah came from the inspiration of Isaiah thinking about, about creation. And then, you know, if we can have that same relationship to creation and thoughts of creation, then 
if we hope in the Lord, we can soar on wings like eagles. Again, a creation reference. They will run and not grow weary. We shall walk and not be faint. It's an amazing passage, which again, kind of was, was kind of stimulated in David, uh, sorry, Isaiah's mind through the God of creation. Creation care or thinking about creation is not just about recycling um, or switching off things. It, it should run and inspire us in our lives, our whole Christian lives. And then lastly, I um, hope I'm not going on too long. I haven't got my watch with me and that clock, oop, that clock is wrong. So uh, <laughs> nobody's falling asleep yet. So uh, The last thing I want to say is... is our creation care will bring us blessing. I don't know whether you noticed, but in Psalm 19, the first half of Psalm 19 was about the heavens declaring um, the glory of God. But then in verse 7, he seems to change tack. He just says, the Lord, the Lord is perfect. You know, so it's a psalm of two halves, almost two separate psalms, but they are together. And, and again, I, I think uh, it was the creation, create our creator God, that inspired David in the second half of the psalm, when he talks about the law of the Lord perfect, refreshing the soul. This is an amazing section um, of, of the psalm. Now, I hope I'm not stretching this too much, and I know there are those um, out there who will tell me if I am stretching it too much, but God has given us the job of caring for creation. That, I believe, is one of the laws that God has given us to follow. It's one of the laws he wants us to follow. And if that's the case, caring for creation is one of the laws of God, then um, creation care should refresh our souls. It should make the wise simple, that would be great. It should give joy to our hearts. It should make us radiant if we follow this creation care command. You know, there's huge kind of benefits is possibly the wrong word, but huge blessings through caring for creation because it's one of God's laws. His creation laws are more precious than gold and pure, pure gold. They're sweeter than honey. Obeying God's creation care ordinance, his creation care law, is, is not an option, but it's a great option, a great thing um, to follow. <coughs> but not only that, um, basically, in verse 11, the second part, I'll come back to the first part, in keeping them, there's great reward. It's not a burden. To, to care for the creation, or at least it shouldn't be a burden. It should be a delight to follow his way, and um, there's a great reward. Not too sure what that means exactly, but it, 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 it's a very positive thought. And what, again, I think is really encouraging is, is what follows in verses 12 and 13. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Now, caring for creation is a very complicated thing, and as I've, in, in this message, I purposely haven't kind of given lists that you should do this and not do that and do the other. Um, there are plenty of those around, and I know there's information outside to, to kind of help us. But we're going to go wrong. We're going to do stuff that damages creation that we don't know damages creation. Um, and, and I think that's what David is saying, which is who can discern their own errors? We're asking for discernment, obviously, that we can know when we've disobeyed God. Forgive my hidden faults. Forgive those faults, things I've done that I don't know are necessarily against your creation. And then David is also kind of praying, keep your servant also from willful sins. If there are things we know damage creation, we should, like any other sin in our lives, 
try and deal with that, try and, and improve ourselves and improve how we live in, in God's creation. Um, keep your servant from willful sins, may they not rule over me, then I'll be blameless, innocent of great transgression. So it's encouraging. If we do things that, that harm creation that we don't know harms creation, God will forgive us. But we should at the same time make an effort to avoid those willful sins um, that kind of fail God. So there we have it. Yep, creation care. It is about recycling, switching things off, using less water, eating soup made out of vegetable peelings, or whatever it might be. Um, but it's a lot more than that. It, we should be kind of thinking and meditating on God's creation to inspire us and encourage us in the whole of our Christian lives, not just in the eco bit of, of our lives. And, and then hopefully we'll be able to say with David um, at the end of Psalm 8, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. very much James there's a lot there isn't there to ponder and pray on reflect on and and indeed put into action as well so thank you James so much for that so we're going to sing now and this hymn I think really echoes a lot of what James has been saying about the wonder of creation and how creation uh, helps us to realize there is a God who is sovereign who is awesome and amazing Jesus is Lord creation's voice proclaims it so let's stand and sing this <coughs> together
Amen. Hallelujah. Do have a seat. And Mark is going to lead us in our prayers. If when I say, Lord, in your mercy, you could respond, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonders of your creation and thank you for guiding us and leading us, protecting us and developing us since the beginning of creation till now. Help us to grow in the awareness of the urgency of safeguarding and caring for the wonders of your creation and to respond positively to the challenges we have, holding on to the hope and trust we have in you at all times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the church that it may be a beacon of hope, reminding us all of our responsibilities to care for and protect God's precious gift of creation. And we pray for the world that through God's grace, we may hear its cry of the damage done and be moved to protect it for future generations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our government and world leaders that they may be granted the wisdom to make just decisions to help the environment and all those that live in it, especially those who are poorest and most vulnerable. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those already facing droughts, floods, storms and forest fires, that God may grant them strength and hope for the future as they work to adapt to the changing climate. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Loving Lord, your word reminds us of how much you value and love children. We pray for the climate crisis and the devastating impact on children's lives and future generations. We thank you for young people and their passion and conviction to care for and protect your world for the common good. We pray that their actions and words will be taken seriously. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the Big Green Week that you would draw us together as a community and through the various activities planned, help us to recognise the things we can do to help your environment. Stir our hearts into action inspire us with ways we can make a difference in our homes, church congregations, communities and the world around us. We pray for your prompting where we can do more to love our neighbour. In your mercy, accept these prayers for the sake of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and send us out in the power of the Holy Spirit to do your work for your praise and glory. Amen. So we come to the peace, remembering that as we are at peace with each other, we are also called to be at peace with our world. Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And so let's share the peace. Let's be mindful, of course, still of COVID and other things as we share the peace. But let's share the peace with each other.
going to use Eucharistic Prayer D, which will also be on the screen behind me. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our Almighty God, good Father to us all, your face is turned towards your world. In love you gave us Jesus, your Son, to rescue us from sin and death. Your word goes out to call us home to the city where angels sing your praise. We join with them in heaven's song. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father of all, we give you thanks for every gift that comes from heaven. To the darkness, Jesus came as your light. With sighs of faith and words of hope, he touched untouchables with love <clears throat> and washed the guilty clean. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. The crowds came out to see your son. Yet at the end, they turned on him. On the night he was betrayed, he came to table with his friends to celebrate the freedom of your people. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus blessed you, Father, for the food. He took bread, gave you thanks, and said, This is my body given for you. Jesus said, gave thanks for the wine. He took the cup, gave it to them, and said, This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup, we celebrate the cross on which he died to set us free. Defying death, he rose again and is alive with you to plead for us and all the world. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Send your Holy Spirit on us now, that by these gifts we may feed on Christ with open eyes and hearts on fire. May we and all who share this food offer ourselves to live for you and be welcomed at your feast in heaven, where all creation worships you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever. So we pray the prayer that Jesus himself has taught us to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you. 
and feed on him and your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. So we continue our normal custom of sharing the bread from the middle table and the wine from either side. And the non-alcoholic wine will be on that side of the church. And the steward will go as you please.
body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. The blood of Christ, shed for you. Amen. And let's lift those who can't be with us in church this morning, let's lift them to the Lord. Father, we pray for any we know who can't be here today in person are watching online, perhaps they are elsewhere, but Lord, we, we lift them to you, we pray that you would touch them, that they would know your love and your power and your strength in their lives, in Jesus' name, Amen. And so we're going to say this prayer following communion now, uh, which will be on the screen, let's say this together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe creator of light and giver of life. To you be glory and praise forever. In Jesus your light has shone out, and you have given us your Holy Spirit as a mighty stream of life-giving water to refresh and renew the face of the earth. Let your light shine in us, that we may be beacons of justice and bearers of hope. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God forever. Now, I don't know whether in the children want to show us what you've been doing. Would you like to do that before we sing our final hymn? So, do come on up and uh, tell us what you've been up to.
you, John. Thank you, John. So we're going to stand and sing our final hymn, Tell Out My Soul. Let's stand and sing this lovely hymn together. So may God the Father, who clothes the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air, provide us with all that we need for life in all its fullness. Amen. May God the Son, who fed the five thousand and turned water into wine, feed us with his life and transform us in his love. Amen. And may God the Holy Spirit, who hovered over the waters of creation and formed the world from chaos, Form us in the likeness of Christ and renew the face of the earth. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and keep you this day, now, and always. Amen. So let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ.